0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Board oh. Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Alrighty. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions podcast. Um, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have an episode on our hands today. Hope you guys had an amazing last week. Um, And I hope to see you guys later on at Bible study at 530 p.m. Pacific time tonight. Um, By this time, I don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about, but I think we're going to be talking about false teachers. If we don't, don't quote me on that. We will. I'm pretty sure we will. But if I end up changing my mind, act like you didn't hear the beginning of this episode. Um... But yeah, I hope you guys have had a good life, a good morning, a good evening, whenever you're listening to this. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, We're going to be talking about false teachers, um, and we're also going to be talking about homosexuality. Um, This is a very, very big topic, and it's a topic that I have been more reluctant to talk about what is it like 174 episodes of church Board confessions i've never actually dedicated any episodes talking about homosexuality i mean i've talked about my own personal sexual sins um and my struggle with that but you know i've never really discussed you know this topic in particular you know and there's been some episodes that included it um but nevertheless man I, i i felt like this was the perfect opportunity to talk about it just given some of the events that have happened this, um, this, the previous week. Um, but before we get to all that, um, there's a couple things that I still want to say. One, um, I want to start off by giving a prayer to the family of, of the victims of the Nashville shooting that happened last week that I think not enough people are talking about. Um, someone went in, you know, to a Christian elementary school or Catholic. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and, Killed, I think, three kids, three adults. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I think it was a hate crime. Um, But, you know, I know that's not the common narrative in America that Christians are persecuted or Christians are bullied in any type of way, shape or form. But um, I find it interesting how we're not I just feel like we're not talking about what happened enough. Um, I don't want to make too much assumptions, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. Um, you know, the main focus of this episode is definitely gonna be talking about this uh topic that I definitely have to step on a lot of eggshells in order to talk about it. Um, but nevertheless, we're gonna open up with prayer for the family um of the victims and um yeah, let's do that. Father God, I just pray for the family of those um who lost their life, Lord, um, to this gun violence, lost their life to this attack, Lord. Um Father, we're not happy that this happened. This thing is heartbreaking. And it's not the first time stuff like this has happened in this nation. It seems to happen like every week. Like it's just way too often, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you bring an end to all of this gun violence. And I pray that all the hatred that people have in their hearts, Lord, be quelled. Um, that you truly teach people what it means to love. Um, and that you truly preserve your children as well, oh God. Um protect us from such attacks, oh God um but be with those families lord and comfort them in this time help them to know that you are the almighty comforter that you can be with them Help them to take their time oh god and heal them to completion oh god um and i just pray lord that tragedies like this that 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 they stop and and we we know we live in a world where bad things happen but i still pray for the protection of your children oh god um help us to continue to worship you in spirit and truth oh god um and and truly lord be with the families in this time of mourning that i can only imagine how hard it might be oh god so i just pray that you touch them that you support them that you be their rock in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right last but not least ladies and gentlemen i really appreciate everybody that has been um donating Uh, and I want to continue to encourage you all. If you would like to donate, if you feel led to donate at any given time throughout the entire episode, throughout the entire day, throughout the entire week, um, you can donate at www.unassociated.com slash donate to this ministry tax deductible donations were 501c3 in California. And, um, and yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to get to this episode. One of the things, another thing that happened last week was that, or at least that I saw that happened last week. I don't know exactly when it happened. Um, is this church called Amen Church? And I saw a lot of people talking about it on my uh TikTok FYP, um, where you know, you had this, I'm not gonna call him a pastor. I don't even know his name. I don't want to know his name. Um, but you know, you have this false teacher get on stage. He said a lot of nonsense. Um, you know, it's, it's become very common nowadays. Uh people say a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of false teachers, a lot of false doctrine that are circulating in this in this world, um, even in this nation alone. Um, So we're going to play the clip and then we are going to get going. All right. So let's play the clip.
1: They say you can't drink. He says I'm going to make wine at this party when we run out. They say I'm going to be judgmental. I'm supposed to be judgmental. Jesus says you should not be judgmental. Otherwise, you will be judged. They say that nobody of the same sex should ever get married. Jesus goes mute on this issue. Jesus says love is sacred. There's only one unforgivable sin. The sin against the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And if you think preaching against love isn't blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, then I don't know what is. When people love each other, to break that up, that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And it's time for someone in church to speak up that what we are preaching is ridiculous. And we have to follow Jesus on another level. His words deserve to be the highest. He spoke for the Father. No one else spoke for the Father other than Jesus Christ. That is what makes him the Messiah. That is why we are here. And if we get confused thinking that he is discriminatory toward anybody for a lifestyle or for a race or for interracial marriage, think about 50 years ago when people weren't even allowed to get married in some areas when they weren't of the same race. How ridiculous that is. And this world became more loving than Christians there are people in this city that preach hate and we have to come against it as Christians we gotta be like that is ridiculous Jesus would never do that to anybody he would love people he would love people on the level he would love people so amazingly open because he doesn't want to change your sexuality he wants to change your mentality He wants to change you. He doesn't want you to be hateful. He values faith, justice, and mercy. And here we are, judging people for things he never even said. I need a water. Bless this water. Oh my God, it's a miracle water. But guys, There are some people that want to treat the whole Bible as equal, just not this guy. Change the world. We want obedience to change the world. And I know this is not for everyone. And I know that it's not appreciated, especially in a Christian crowd. But it's time for a Christian to stand up for those that don't have a voice.
0: Okay. So. Like I said, today we're going to talk about homosexuality and we're also going to talk about um, really, really, we're using that as a launch pad to talk about false doctrines and and false teachers. And ultimately, really, what, really what I want us to gain from this episode is how we ought to combat false doctrine um, in life. Right. Um, I mean, even just hearing this stuff is, is absolutely terrible. Um, I mean, I, I really do not like when people misconstrue scripture. I mean, people often do it, um, but you know we can't stop people from doing it. Uh, false teachers have been around since I mean, Apostle Paul was arguing with half of them, half of the epistles. You know, they've been around since the very beginning. Um, they are around today, and they will continue to, I believe, even multiply as we get closer and closer to the day of the Lord. Um, so let's talk about the things that he was talking about, right? Let, let's break things down. He talked about drinking. Right. He said, hey, Jesus, you know, the people or the church say that you can't drink. But the Bible says Jesus made wine. Sure. I mean, yeah, you know, you can you can drink alcohol. But of course, we all know that the Bible says don't get drunk with uh, wine. Ephesians 5.8. Uh, that's, that's I don't I, I didn't I really have I didn't really have a problem with that. Um, then he says, hey, don't judge. You know, we're all judging. People are judgmental. But the Bible says don't judge. Uh, the Bible says more than just don't judge. Right. in John 7, 24. Uh, he tells the Pharisees to judge righteously. Right. When we talk about Jesus saying don't judge, there's the context that surrounds what he's talking about when he's saying don't judge. You know, that part where he says, hey, before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the log out of your own eye. So then you can take the speck out of your brother's eye. It doesn't say don't take the speck out of your brother's eye. It says just make sure that you you don't have a log in your own eye. He's talking about hypocritical judgment. So for us to act as if the Bible says, don't judge, don't make any judgments at all. is just ridiculous. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you have to understand that in life, you have to judge. You have to judge. That doesn't mean you have to be mean. Now, this is where we have to separate the connotative definition from the denotative definition of judging, right? When people think of judging, they're thinking of being judgmental. They're thinking of being mean, but you can judge and not be mean you have to be able to judge between right and wrong in order to live righteously. So we have to judge. That's why we're given the instruction to judge righteously. But I honestly think that these two points were just two little jabs because this guy knew the haymaker that he was coming with. Um, You know, when he starts talking about homosexuality and, uh, that that's really where we're gonna take it today. So, like I said, this is the first time I'm dedicating an episode to talking about homosexuality. Um, the last time I spoke in public about homosexuality, I got dragged on every platform that you could think of. I had never been dragged like that in my life. In my life. I lost friends. Um, I had people that, you know, I still haven't even talked to again today. Just kinda like turning back on me. And that was the first time that ever something like that happened. Um, so I mean, for those of you that, you know, you might be very scared to talk about this stuff, um, you know, because you've lost friends or you're scared that your friends are going to turn on you or whatever it might be, or, you know, a host of things can happen. Um, I'll just say, man, at the end of the day, bro, I fear God, bro. You know, that's what it is. You know, I, I can't say that I'm out here committed to, to living for him and teaching his word. And, and I, and I circumvent certain parts of the word because people don't like it. It, it is what it is. And, um, But I I will say this, I want to start off the entire conversation about homosexuality by saying this, that for the sake of acknowledging the cultural context of today, I will say this, that the first thing that the Bible says about homosexuality is love your neighbor. That's what I'll say. I know it doesn't, It wasn't talking about homosexuality when he said that, but but for, for for the sake of tying it to the cultural context of today, I would say that the first thing that the Bible says about homosexuality is loving your neighbor because we are instructed to love everyone. I would be remiss if I went about this episode without calling out the fact that homophobia exists. I would be remiss to start this episode without... Without admitting that there is homophobia in the church. It exists. Hatred exists in the church. There are people who hate. There are people who dislike. There are people who mistreat. Is that everyone? Absolutely not. And I do not like generalizing people. And I don't like being generalized. But nevertheless, we got to call it out. Call a spade a spade. There are people who are homophobic. Everywhere and also very much so in the church. And we ought to shame that. We ought to shame that because that is wrong and that is sinful. And if you are living a life harboring hatred towards this community, I'm telling you, you are not in the right. And I'm not going to be the one to stand up for you if they start dragging you. Trust me. I'm not going to be the one. No, not me because i know scripture yeah and i can tell you that it's it, it, the the practice is a sin and i can also tell you that the homophobia is a sin as well oh very much so and i can tell you that if you don't got love in your heart then you ain't got nothing bro isn't that what apostle paul wrote first corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 to 3 he says if i speak in tongues of men or of angels I gain nothing. Mm. We Christians are obligated to love. You know, uh, Apostle Paul explains, that I believe in Romans 6, that we are slaves to righteousness. And he doesn't like to use the word slaves. He he, He said he doesn't like it. But for the sake of us really understanding, we're obligated to do what is righteous. Love God and love your neighbor. But who is your neighbor? That's what they asked Jesus. And Jesus gave him the parable of the good Samaritan. And you have to understand that that the real power of this parable was rooted in the historical context, the cultural context, the division that existed between Jews and Samaritans. They did not like each other. But yet he used this parable to explain how we ought to love our neighbors. So let me just simplify it for you. You're supposed to love everyone. Even the people that society says is on the other side of the fence. The people that disagree with you. The people that don't like you. Your enemy. Other sinners. We are supposed to love them. Period. Oh, well, they did you wrong. Oh, well, they're, you know. They're they're misconstruing the word of God Oh well they're they're doing things that are are, They're they're sinners so on and so forth The Bible says while we were yet sinners Christ died for us No one's ever going to die for a man that's evil And scarcely will will anybody die for a person that's good But when we are his enemies He decided I'm going to die for them You can't tell me that you're Christ-like And homophobic at the same time You can't Having a hatred? Hatred for people? You can't tell me that. Those don't mix. Love your neighbor. And that love looks like respect for a fellow human being. It looks like compassion. It looks like generosity. It looks like an open door when they're in trouble. And it looks like a shoulder to lean on when they need it. But love also looks like correction. And it looks like exposing sin. And this is where we lose a lot of people. Because we live in a world where people don't like when you say things that they like are sinful. (laughs) Fornicators don't like that. LGBTQ+, don't like that. Beyonce fans, don't like that. (laughs) You know who else doesn't like that? Us Christians don't like that either because <laughs> no one likes that. No one wants to be told that the thing I like a lot or the think that thing that I identify with a lot is sinful. No one likes to be told that. And we don't like to be told that. Yeah, because of ego. Right. A lot of us don't want to be wrong ever. We don't want to be corrected because we don't want to be wrong because in our head we are without error. But then also it's just we genuinely don't want to give up the things that we like. And rather than giving up the things that we like or maybe even love. Rather than actually submitting ourselves to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We would much rather ignore it. And do so with some type of peace of mind. Because you can't just ignore it. You have to have the peace of mind too. And, and there's no better way. To get peace of mind. In ignoring a uh, a conviction. There's no better way to get peace of mind. With ignoring a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Or conviction of the word of God. Than misconstruing the word of God. Which is the reason why we see so much false doctrine. And you know who loves to misconstrue the word of God? The devil himself. He did it genesis 3 with eve and he tried it with my lord and savior matthew 4 um that didn't work but let's read genesis 3 and 1 It says now the serpent was more cunning than any beasts of the field which the lord had made and he said to the woman excuse me has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden (laughs) and y'all know the rest of the story i don't like when people only blame e bro both of them were tripping like let's let's just keep it at that period they're they're both tripping but nevertheless you know the rest of the story and and now boom you know 2023 here we are a whole bunch of sinners but look at look at what the devil said he said did god really say right he still he still asked those questions today he asked those questions to us did god really say that you can't Eat of every tree did God really say that you know you have to forgive your enemies? did he really say that though like did did he really say that you can't get drunk? did he really say that premarital sex is a sin? did he really say that same sex marriage is a sin did he really say those things? The answer is yes, yeah, he did he did his word says it um. and you know the the problem is not the questioning in of itself but the problem is where the questioning stems from that's where the issue lies because most of the time it stems from a place that is it stems from a mind that has already made up its mind to sin so you got to check yourself but the first way to combat false doctrine false teachers and the devil alike is to both know and use the word of God. Know and use. It's not enough that you just know it. You have to utilize it. It's your sword. You got to keep that thing. Look, You got to keep that thing tucked. I'll be having a Bible lab. I don't like, you know, the Bible app's cool, but I'm just saying, man, sometimes y'all be on a Bible app, then you sneak to Instagram. I be seeing y'all. I be seeing y'all. Nah, you got, you got to get that physical, you know what I'm saying? Like bound book Bible. And maybe I'm old school, but nevertheless. The first way to combat the deception of false teachers, false doctrine, and the devil is to know and use scripture. And we have a perfect example of that in Matthew chapter four, um, when the devil tries to tempt Jesus into sin. Oh, my gosh. How are we already 19 minutes into this episode? <laughs> uh and yeah we're gonna read from verse five it says then the devil took him up into the holy city set him on a pinnacle talking about jesus set him on a pin- pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are a son of god throw yourself down for it is written this is a bible quote um this is the devil quoted in bible he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone mm, wow but jesus replies to him jesus said to him "It is written again." You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Boom. Done. Done deal. Jesus ate that. But what's so interesting here is that we learn Bible. Uh, look, the devil knows Bible. The devil knows scripture. You know, he also knows philosophy. Very, he knows that stuff. He knows science. He knows all of those things. And let me tell you something. He, what we see from Matthew chapter four when he's trying to tempt Jesus is that he will use anything at his disposal to try and get you to sin against the father. Anything. You think he's not going to use your desires? You think he's not going to use society and peer pressure? You think he's not going to use, like he's going to use, anything you think he's not going to use your relative he didn't get he, you he's willing to use anything anything your best friend you think you not anything to get you to sin against the father even god's word the impiety in that sorry i'd be learning new words because all this reading that they got me doing in uh <laughs> in seminary <laughs> But we're not alone because we got the word of God and we're going to use the word of God to combat lies. So let's talk about homosexuality. It's a big battleground in our um, society of today. Big battleground. Um, I do want to make sure that you guys understand. I'm not talking about this because I'm saying it's a bigger sin than another sin or anything like that. I'm not here to lay emphasis on anything, but the reality is I have to lay emphasis in some way, shape or form because this is a place of conflict. And where there's a place of conflict is going to need a little extra attention in order for us to address the issue. Because there are many deceivers that, man, they make a following on this topic. And where there are many deceivers, there's much confusion. So we got to clear things up. I believe that the devil has been using this topic, LGBTQ plus versus the church, all of that stuff to catalyze Christian intolerance, to catalyze anti-Christianism, um, um, Christophobia, whatever you want to call it. Um, A lot of, I mean, we, we can talk about it. The first time I ever got kicked out of, of class, mind you, I was like a, I was valedictorian in my high school. So Ask yourself, what on earth is a valedictorian getting kicked out of class? The first time I ever got kicked out of class was in my sophomore year of college, I'm sorry, sophomore year of high school. <laughs> um, and it's because my teacher, um, who you know was a gay man, uh, he didn't like the Bible, and you know what he did was he, uh, I don't know why, I don't, I don't even know if this was legal because it was public school, but we started reading the Bible in class, and he told everyone that. Um, the stories in the Bible are not original, but they're inspired by real things that happen. Now, I understand if you're not a Christian or if you're a secularist or an atheist, then that is a true statement to you. Um, I'm not. <laughs> and a lot of us not are not. Um, and I don't believe that. And really what he was telling me was that my Bible was fake and I wasn't having that. If you know me, I'm not having that. So I argue with him and I got kicked out of class. I think that that was Persecution. Like I, I think that that constitutes it. You get kicked out of class, out of participation from class multiple times because you are defending your faith. I, I would, I would, I would say that that's something though. Um, but nevertheless, man, you know the the anti Christian sentiment has been growing in our nation, and I and I do think that this is a very big vehicle that the devil uses. Um, so we got to talk about it. We have got to talk about it. Um, you know, going back to this whole Amen Church thing what this guy said was that same-sex marriage is okay. And essentially because of two main reasons, because one, Jesus didn't say it was bad um, because he was mute on the issue. Um, and because it's love and we shouldn't be against love. Okay. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> um, so what the Bible says about homosexuality, I- I'll say this, you know, when it comes to what the Bible has to say about homosexual practice it's clear. I I'm I'm very aware of the objections. I'm very aware of the people, the TikTok influencers, and the critical scholars, and all that stuff. I I've read up on that stuff. Yeah, but none of it's convincing. It's it's clear, um, and I understand that that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. And I I've I've also read things in Bible that have caused me to wrestle and so on and so forth. And um, I don't know everything that one might go through when they're disillusioned by the fact that, you know, this genuinely is what the Bible says. Um, but you know, I'll get, I'll get more to that part of this conversation later on in the episode, but I really do want to just make sure that we get to the word of God first. Um, but the Bible is clear. God's voice, God's word is clear, just like his word was clear to Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, The Bible does not condemn sexuality. It condemns um, sexual practice. Um, Or at least let me say it like this. Being tempted is not the sin. There are men and women of God um, that are tempted to have same-sex relations. And they are going to heaven. (laughs) Um, so having the temptation is not the sin. Um, you know, the Bible even says that, you know, there's no temptation that is overtaking you. That's not common to mankind, right? Um, that's, it says that in first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, but it's what you do with the temptation that you have to be careful of, because if you fall into the temptation, then yes, it is sin. Um, and so we're talking about the action. We're talking about the practice, right? Um, homosexual practice can be explained as simple through multiple channels, but I'm going to try and keep this simple as possible. Uh, one of the first points that this uh, false teacher made was that Jesus was mute on the issue. And his logic is that because Jesus didn't speak about it, then it's okay. But the problem with that idea is that if we're going to be logically consistent, there's a lot of things that Jesus didn't speak about. But we know, as a matter of fact, it's not okay. He didn't speak about incest. He didn't speak about having sex with animals. We can't use that same logic to then say that Jesus approves something. No, absolutely not. Um, that, that's, just, that's just nonsense. Um, and also, it's, it's, what's, what's interesting is that you have to understand there's a reason why he said Jesus um, didn't say anything. Jesus was mute and not the Bible was mute because he knows what the Bible has to say about it. We all know what the Bible has to say about it. Um, but some people don't believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Some people believe that it's only the red letters that's the inspired word of God. I'm not one of those people. I believe the entire Bible is the inspired word of God, the red letters and the black letters. You ask me, well, how do you know that it's the inspired word of God? How do you know that it's inspired by God's Holy Spirit? Because I have God's Holy Spirit. And that might mean nothing to you, but it means everything to me. I have a relationship with the author. I've been convinced through the seed that's planted in my own life. And the fruit that it's bore. Likewise, the relationship I have with the author, that that is his word. And that mean, might mean, like I said, mean nothing to you. But it means everything to me. And I'll be honest with you. If one does not agree that this is the inspired word of God, the conversation ends here. Because then where does the authority come from? Why are we even talking about it? It's just a book. But it's not just a book. It's the inspired word of God. And I don't think that its you can even be logically consistent with trying to cherry pick what you think is of God and what is not of God. For me, it's either you accept the whole thing or you reject the whole thing. That's my personal opinion. And I've also read up on the historicity and the history of the canonization and the history of different doctrines. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like I, I'm good to move forward, living my life according to the inspired word of God. But let's continue. <laughs> Someone argued that Jesus indirectly condemns sexual all sexual sin including um, same-sex sin Um, in matthew 19 when he affirms the uh the definition of marriage between a man and a woman um and this is how this logic goes which i agree with um all sex outside of marriage is a sin there's no specific verse that teaches that all sex outside of marriage is a sin Um, but it's what we can deduct deduce from verses like first corinthians chapter 7 verse one and two that says now concerning the things of which you wrote to me this is apostle paul a lot of people don't like him is it is good for a man not to touch a woman yeah to apostle paul you should be a virgin and not like you should be but he's saying like hey it's you know expedient yeah you, you know don't touch a woman but he says nevertheless in verse two because of sexual morality let each man have his own wife and let each woman have um her own husband so you see in this verse. Sexual immorality is essentially like the antithesis of sex within marriage. It's supposed, sex within marriage is supposed to be the, what really is what contrasts sexual immorality. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all and the bend undefiled. But fornication, fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So once again, we see that talking about sex within marriage, this is good. This is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, sexually immoral, adulterers, all of that will be judged. So we, we see that sex within marriage is always juxtaposed to sexual immorality. So we deduce that any sex outside of marriage is sexual immorality from there. Um, there's probably some other stuff you can find to support that as well. Um, but that's the first point that all sex outside of marriage is a sin, um, and marriage is between a man and a woman, as it says in Genesis chapter two, verse twenty four, and also as Jesus substantiates in Matthew chapter nineteen, verse four to five. Um, so if marriage is between a man and a woman, um, and all sex outside of this is sexually immoral, then that would include everything, including same sex marriage. I'm sorry, same sex uh sex. Uh, but here's a straighter shot. Um, now, I'm going to read from Romans chapter one, but there are multiple verses that speak against homosexual practice in the Bible. Um, but the reason why I'm going to read Romans one and only Romans one is because all of the other um, all of the other instances. Now, I will tell you that it's absolutely talking about homosexual practice, but a lot of people try to debate it. A lot of people try to deny it. Um, and although I think they're wrong, I don't want to like this episode to be two more hours of me using those verses to make this point clear and then having to back up those, uh, verses and acknowledge the objections of all the verses for, for, so really for the sake of being concise and for the sake of being straightforward as possible, I'm not going to use other verses aside from Romans one, which I think is the least debatable or really undebatable, um, but just for the record, Leviticus 18, Leviticus 20, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, I think another one in Timothy, I believe all of those are talking about homosexual practice. And if you really want to have a Bible study on that, um, put it in the sign up sheet. <laughs> but yeah, so the background for Romans, really the entire epistle from Apostle Paul, I told you a lot of people don't like him for multiple reasons. This is one of the reasons Paul is speaking to what we believe to be the Romans. Um, This is going to be a congregation of both Jews and Gentiles. He's writing to this crowd, uh, really to just let them know that he's going to be visiting soon. Um, But in doing so, he's also like, he gives this very extensive theological, like explanation of the gospel. And, you know, different people debate on why he decided to include this extensive doctrinal statement in Romans and not so much in the other epistles. I would say, cause I had to do a paper on Romans. I would say that he did because, uh, he just hadn't met those people before. So like, he, wanted to make sure like, you know, y'all not y'all good. Like this is, this is what the truth is. Like, you know, um, but nevertheless, uh, he starts off this entire epistle, like as he's explaining his entire, like, you know, theological explanation of the gospel. He starts off by talking about how mankind is morally depraved because we've turned our backs on God. So we're going to start in Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and we're going to go to verse 27, all right? Um yeah. This is going to be a long episode. I didn't know it was going to be this long, but sorry. Then again, it's important, so I'm not sorry. Verse 18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes have are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. All right. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So God revealed himself to mankind and mankind rejected him and changed the glory of God of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four footed animals and creeping things. So instead of worshiping God, they started worshiping idols. Verse 24, therefore, which is to say, because of all this, because they started worshiping idols, because they turned their back on God, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So because of idolatry, because they turned their back on God, God has given them up to their own uncleanness for this reason because of this verse 26 god gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use um other other uh ver- uh versions will say sexual or intercourse I'll just to be more clear um for what is against nature likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due all right. So what's being said? First, Paul explains that God has revealed himself, the, his invisible traits through the things that have been created. And when he did that, mankind rejected him and instead took up idols. And because of this, God said, you know what? I'm handing you over to your own sin. And because God handed us over to our own sin, said, all right, this is the sin you committed to. This is the sin that you want. I'm not going to stop you. Here's the, the what you would call liberty. When it's not really liberty. Liberty to here you go. The sin that you want so much. And the result of that, among other sins that Paul later on names in that same chapter, um, was people committing homosexual practice and sexual morality all of it um the new bible dictionary third edition um interprets this scripture like this seen from this angle every homosexual act is unnatural not because it cuts across the individual's natural sexual orientation which of course it may not or infringes old testament law but because it flies in the face of god's creation scheme uh for human sexual expression HarperCollins Collins Bible Dictionary says this. The most extensive biblical reference to sexual acts between same-sex partners and the only biblical reference to such acts between women is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. There, such activity is mentioned as an example of the perversions that follow when humankind refuses to give glory and thanks to the one sovereign God. Um, I've heard the objections I mean, even if you, you know, Google the interpretation of, of this passage, you'll you'll see, you know, different websites that try to act as if it doesn't say what it says. Some objections that people say is that, oh, no, he's talking about homosexual practice in terms of idol worship. No, he's not. Um, He said because of the rejection of God and the idol worship, God handed them over to their sins. And because God handed them over to their sins, they started doing homosexual practice. Um, people will say, "Oh, he's talking about." I heard somebody say about social order. I I don't even understand that point. I like, well, I understand the point, but I just it. I just feel like that one was so off. I saw I saw that one on TikTok. Um, basically, it was kind of explaining how like something about, uh, <laughs> uh, penetrating, and I don't I don't even want to go there, but um, it, it, the glove doesn't fit. The glove doesn't fit. Um, people were talking about uh, this, maybe referring to not consensual like relationships. But once again, we're just trying to add on. We're trying to move the goalposts. We're trying to add on, you know, different criteria. But it says what it says, and you know, I didn't write it. You know, like, and and that's what it is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Homosexual practice is a sin. Um and we're gonna we're gonna talk about what that means or what that looks like uh practically. Because I, I know it's it's easy to just say that it's a sin, but you know, for those of us that have had a history or are still struggling with the temptation, okay. I know it's a sin, now what? You know? Um so we're going to get to that. <laughs> Just hold on. I didn't know this, I didn't know this episode is going to be this long. <laughs> um but nevertheless, let's keep on going cuz another thing that this false teacher said was that if we are blocking the love, then we are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. I did an episode talking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit or was that a Bible study? This has absolutely nothing to do with blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. A lot of people try to capitalize on a lot of people's confusion about what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit means. Um, And you can see that this person definitely tried to do that by saying blocking love between same-sex marriages, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I would even go as far to say that that is heretical. Um, That's just so terrible. Like, I think that was really the worst thing he said. Um, Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit you know jesus talked about that in the context of them of the pharisees saying that he's able to heal through the power of beelzebub through the power of the devil like in the simplest terms um that was blasphemy that was impiety blasphemy against the holy spirit involves rejection and impiety um and that has nothing to do with this at all it's even laughable i i honestly think that if One's biblical hermeneutics, their interpretations of scripture is that bad. They should not ever be called a pastor. And that's that's just because that's dangerous, bro. That's dangerous. Um, But let me say this. You know. A lot of us have to live in this life, especially us that are part of Gen Z millennials. This is very much not the popular opinion. Um, This is honestly the opinion that might get you. In a lot of trouble, um, and also, it's the opinion that might make you feel really guilty. You might say, "Oh well, why is it bad?" Like you know, well, the Bible doesn't say why exactly it's bad. Like it doesn't explicitly say. I mean, you could argue that you know, Paul says this is a result of a vile passion, like maybe, or this is a result of disobedience to God in in like a general sense, like mankind just it's a result of sin, but. You know, I, I hear people try to make up all of these explanations as to why the Bible says that homosexuality it doesn't explicitly, in my opinion, it doesn't explicitly say, and, and it's not really for me to try and theorize. I think that's when we get in trouble. We try to theorize what the Bible doesn't say. Uh, that's not always a bad thing to do, but I think uh, in this case, it's just not wise. But nevertheless, man, a lot of us can feel really guilty. For having this uh, belief. A lot of us can be treated really messed up for having this belief. And I just want to affirm those that have been ostracized from maybe friend groups and different clubs and different uh, parts of life because you believe in the Bible. Um, You do not hate someone because you disagree with a part of their lifestyle. You're not a hateful person because you disagree with someone's sex life or any part of their lifestyle. And let me also say that everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. We also have to recognize that there are some people that understand the perks that come with deeming you a hateful person. A couple things are beneficial from deeming you a hateful person. First thing is that you can get really feel really guilty about it because everybody is saying that you're a hateful person, and you start to feel like a bad person. That doesn't make you feel good, so then maybe you end up changing your mind and not disagreeing with them anymore. But then on the other side of it, it's also you know, we live in a society that if you can deem that this person that disagrees with you is hateful, if you can deem the things that they say and that they believe as hate speech. You now get permission from society to mistreat that person, to bully that person, to suppress that person's uh, voice, to cancel that person, so on and so forth. And in doing that, you're not seen as a bully. You're not seen as an oppressor. You're seen as a wielder of justice. Um, that is messed up. That's not cool. Um, and I will just ask all of you that stay true to God's word and are called hateful for staying true to God's word, uh, word that to not fall into that deception, do not fall into that manipulation. The world has deceitfully tried to equate agreement and loving to agreement with love and hate with disagreement. That's just not true. I have many friends throughout my life that were living lives committed to sexual sin whether it was homosexual practice or heterosexual practice mainly heterosexual practice and they knew what it was some of them you know straight up dooters, hoes straight up and whenever they try to hit me with oh this is what happened bro you know i ask them tell them Tell him, I, I tell him, hey man. For the record, that's what I always say. For the record, for the record, I, I don't agree with this. And it wasn't, oh well, you don't love me. No, it was, it was, it was, like love. Like I get it. I do, I do get it, because we all have principles. We all have values that we live by, and we have things that we don't agree with. And the and the the foundation of my principles is the Word of God. It's outside of me. It's above me. So don't fall into that. But the second way to combat the deception of false teachers, false doctrines and the devil alike is to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself, ladies and gentlemen. And this is an instruction to not just people in the LGBTQ plus communities, an instruction to all Christians around the entire globe. You have to deny yourself. I'm not the one that made that up. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I don't know if it's here or other places. It will say that whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose his life for my sake will gain it. Self-denial is required from Believers He must increase and we must decrease We must be We must humble ourselves under his mighty hand We must walk in the spirit Be filled by the spirit Let me just say this If you cannot deny yourself If you cannot deny your own sinful desires For the sake of following Christ, False teachers are going to eat you up. That's easy money. Easy money. Because what you'll soon realize is that almost, not all, but almost all false doctrine is rooted in enticing one's sinful desires or satisfying one's sinful desires so we got to be careful we have got to be careful um let me say this there's a lot of people who listen to this episode and then they have their objections written out they have their arguments written out all that different stuff you know there are people that are going to be very offended by this episode and so on and so forth And, and i really hope that they're not i really do um but I would just ask, man, I don't know what your temptation is. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know the friends that you have. I don't know the people that you hang around. All I'm asking is that if you truly love the Lord, I'm not going to tell you to go to no therapy. I'm not going to tell you to to switch up everything about you. I'm not going to tell you. None. What I am going to tell you is that I just pray that you please put him first, deny yourself, and let him genuinely lead you. I'm very confident that he will lead you in the direction of righteousness and lead you in the direction that he wants you to be at, at his pace, um, at the point of time. I just think it's very important that all of us deny ourselves. It's not about us and our own understanding. It's not about us and trying to see, well, how can I continue to be friends with these people and how can I continue to, you know, uh to to be liked by certain people first of all you can't always control that but second of all um God deserves your commitment man he really does what more does he have to give you to deserve that you know there's this place that scared me um <laughs> hold on I didn't plan on say this, but I have to read this. This is what Jesus said: "For whosoever shall be in Luke chapter nine verse twenty six, for whosoever but, but shall be ashamed of me, oh my God, let me start all over. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, and my words of him, shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's." and of the holy angels man i gotta keep it i gotta keep it real bro i can't be ashamed we can't be ashamed of his word and let me switch gears let me switch gears because there are people who deal with this temptation there's people who've been living out this life and i want to tell you that i love you I really do. And Jesus absolutely loves you and I know that people say that so satirically and and so snarkily but I really mean that. Like it's love. It's love. Even if you listen to this entire episode and you're like, "Oh, he's tripping." Hey, look. Know that in my heart my and and God let God be my witness that my intention here is not to provoke it's not to make anyone feel bad it is not to it is not to cause distress but it's the same motive i have every time i get behind this mic to make sure that the lord uses me to edify you to enlighten you and educate you on the word to show you that I have your back. That he loves you. For the sake of your own relationship with him. Someone say, well, I already have a good relationship. Don't get complacent. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. I'm not even complacent. Granted, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn. <laughs> i really just ask that you submit to the lord look i can't change anything about you i can't even convince you much of anything submit to the lord that goes for you that goes for everybody that's watching this i don't know the type of different urges you had i've talked to you guys about my own addictions and god delivered me um Lean on him, man. Lean on him. We don't become purified by our own doing. We become purified by his doing. Him transforming us from the inside out. I genuinely want everybody in the LGBTQ plus community to know that I, I, see, I see the haters. I see people that genuinely hate you. And I'm, and I'm disgusted by it. And I'm embarrassed. And I'm so sorry that you've had to experience such, such, such shameful things at the hands of people that call themselves Christians. I am sorry. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's embarrassing. Brothers and sisters, buck up. Get it together, bro. I didn't even plan on going this far. Get it together. There's a world of people out there that are not Christians today because of you. And I say that with a grain of salt just because, granted, the Lord gives the increase. But when I say that, I mean, your behavior is not testifying to the Lord. And it's embarrassing. And look, the devil has now used it to drive more and more people out the church and drive more and more people away from the Lord. Look at. Stop giving him material. (sighs) What time we at? Um time to close. (laughs) Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. I thank you for this episode. Uh, definitely didn't plan on doing this episode. It kind of just came out of nowhere. But I think it was it's time. And Lord, I just pray over everyone that has listened to this episode, oh God, um, and even people that are going to listen to this episode, that you just open their hearts, that you open their minds, oh God, um, that, you, that, you, that you truly speak to their hearts, Lord. It's not me that will be convincing anybody of anything. Father, it's you, oh God. I pray that you make the impression on all of our hearts, Lord, because for many of us, maybe the temptation is not sexual sin or it's something else, oh God. But I pray that you reveal to us our own error. And then after you reveal it to us, God, work with us because we're hopeless. Stuff is hard. It's too hard for me. Work with us, oh God, to purify us and help us to be who you want us to be. Help us and move us to surrender to you the place in the areas where we're not surrendering. Reveal to us, oh God, how we can be denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following you, oh God. Because we want you. We want you. Father, there are false teachers running amok. But, Father, help us to stand true. Ten toes on the word. Unashamed. Unabashed. Ten toes on the word. Ten toes on, on, on you, oh God. The, our foundation, our rock. Because it will get hard. It's only going to get harder, Father. People are only going to get... You know, more hostile, God. But we got you. We got you on our side, oh God. If With you for us, who can be against us? Father, greater are you and us than he that is in the world. We're not scared. We're not scared. Your perfect love casts out all fear, oh God. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Help us stand true. Stay true. And bless all of those that are struggling, oh God, and help them, truly help them. And all those that don't want to listen yet, I just pray, Lord, that you open their hearts, Father God, and just let your mercy shower over them, Lord. And for those of us that are your children, that are being hateful, Father, do what you got to do. Chastise whatever what you got to do to help us know what's up in our own error. And help us just as a church be better ambassadors, because a lot of times you just don't do a good job. And that's the reality of it. Um, but bless those that hear this episode, that watch this episode in Jesus name. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Very long episode. Uh, I, I don't apologize. Sorry. I said I wasn't going to apologize because it couldn't have been shorter. But if you guys have any questions, because that was a lot, um, feel free to hit me up directly. Um, You guys know my Instagram at I-H-E-K-E underscore. You guys know the unassociated Instagram, TikTok, all that different stuff. Um, Love you guys. Have a great week. Peace.